We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You're listening to Broncos for Breakfast with Nick Kendall and Scott Kennedy. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos. Welcome in, everybody. It is time for Broncos for Breakfast. I am Nick Kendall and joined by today, you guys. <laughs> it's just me. Scott is off doing the whole dad baseball travel thing. So uh, God bless him. And that's way more important than a show in Thursday for him. But not for me. I'm here because I'm here and you guys are here too. So appreciate everybody coming in and uh, talking a little ball this with me this Thursday morning again. Off season, running solo. We won't go a full hour, but uh, as long as you guys are bringing it in the chat, uh, we will keep on keeping on. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the uh, ESPN releasing the rankings of the best cornerbacks and safeties in the NFL recently. So it's a uh, poll gathered by Jeremy Fowler, uh, who works for ESPN, does a great job uh, for ESPN. So shout out to uh, Mr. Fowler there. And uh, compiling a top 10 list of the best uh positional rankings um, compiled from players, executives, coaches, and scouts. So I think it's significantly better than uh, any ranking, like the NFL top 100 or NFL 100. That's trash. Uh, It's fun to talk about, but it is trash (laughs) all the same. And I think also better than, you know, any PFF rankings as well. We do it. I will not totally bat for PFF, but I think they do an okay job. It's, hard to compile football uh, data because it's just, it just is every single thing is so intricate and nuanced, but uh, it's not like baseball where you have amazing uh, statistical analysis that you can do with the sample size and a bunch of other reasons. But uh, Jerry Fowler comes out with this list every year and a lot of fun to talk about. We can get into it. I also saw, I think that the linebackers came out as well here recently and I saw a tight end. So uh, as far as I know, no Broncos on that list. It is ESPN plus, but as far as I know, I don't think uh, Josie Jewell or, uh, Greg Dulcich made the top 10 for either of his list or Alex Singleton. Uh, but uh, we'll see um, if you guys know any different, please let me know. But let's say hello to people in the chat. We already got some supers coming in here. Let's get to the supers first. They get a cut to the head of the line. Sorry. It's just how it is. Um, David Cromwell. Good to see you, David. He says, even with a highly suspect defensive line and edge room, why do you think the Broncos are more likely to win seven, eight games than three to four games this season? Uh, because they won three to four games, what five games last season. And they were an absolute bleep show of a team uh, top to bottom coaching uh, the power dynamic in the locker room injuries, one game score luck. It is going to take an unprecedented 
level of bad luck, I think, to finish with only three to four wins this season. Just from, I mean, they could have had Nathaniel Hackett back this season, and I think it's probably still not super likely they're just a three to four win team. But you throw in uh, Sean Payton and a guy who knows what he's doing as far as uh, just competency of running an NFL team, uh, I think three to four is highly unlikely, seven and eight. Also, just from statistical speaking, you're more likely to go seven and eight in general, right? Like that's just the oddities of that. Uh, it's in the middle of the bell curve. So seven and eight is uh, far more likely than three and four this season. And that is outside of the context of the Broncos uh, spending crazy money this offseason improved. Sean Payton improving just natural regression in these uh, uh, nat- likely natural progression in uh, areas that were bad luck for the Broncos last season. Uh, even though I am pretty concerned about the defensive front, Offensive line is going to be better. Offensive play calling is going to be better. Run game should be significantly better. Uh, I think the depth in the secondary looks pretty darn good. Uh, excited about the second level of the defense. You know, the linebackers there. So uh, defensive front, not great. Uh, but uh, I think other areas are going to be better. So thank you so much, David, for the $5. I uh, hope you're doing well. We appreciate you coming in and supporting the show. Troy Bauer coming in here saying, hey, Nick. Hey, Troy, hope you're doing well. Said, don't want to bore people who know, but I would love to hear your background on how you became a mainstay at MHH. Not bored. You're giving me a chance to talk about me. That's my favorite subject. <laughs> uh, no, um, honestly, it was uh, NFL draft stuff, and I think it was Chad or Eric Trickle. Shout out to Eric, uh, good friend of mine now. Uh, but uh, he was posting something on Facebook, like a mock draft or positions, and I was like, I don't believe this player is worth that slot or something like that on Facebook. Uh, and gave a whole bunch of analysis on why they didn't fit the scheme exactly and the value valuation of like traits and the tools based on where the NFL is going, blah, 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 blah. Uh, Chad then found me on Facebook, DM me and said, Hey, do you write for anybody? I don't recognize you. I'm like, no, I'm just, you know, love ball. Uh, and he said, uh, would you like to write for us and make a little money? I'm like, well, that beats writing and not making a, a little money. Uh, so, uh, long story short, that's how uh, Chad found me. I believe it was the would have been about, gosh, November 2017? November 2016? November 2016. It would have been the Garrett Bowles draft, um, before the Garrett Bowles draft. So, yeah, I've uh, watched a lot of bad Broncos football <laughs> since then, uh, unfortunately. But, uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. Chad found me on Facebook as I was commenting on something, and he said, hey, you know what you're talking about, I guess. I must have given off that persona. I, I fooled him. Uh, and uh, here I am today. So, I don't know. I really enjoy the live streams kind of thing. It's a little easier to stretch my legs. Uh, the writing is a little bit more lucrative, but uh, you guys, you know, gosh, the 999 coming in here just for me talking ball. It's, it is a dream. So thank you so much, Troy, for coming in. And uh, you know, now you know a little bit more about me. Uh, we got Kevin Gray in here. Good morning, Broncos country. Big mile high salute to Nick. Broncos country. Good to see you. Uh, he also says our secondary is very good. I worry there isn't enough depth and hope the injury bug stays away. I mean, you're definitely right about that. That's true for pretty much every team right if you have a superstar at a spot and you lose your superstar guess what not going to be as good uh but yeah if the bronco if patrick's are t- knock on i even have any wood here this looks like wood yeah that feels like we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, 
So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Uh, <laughs> if the Broncos lose Patrick Sertan for any sort of time, down goes the ship. Uh, so hopefully that's one that... Uh, Going back to David's question, how do you win four or five games? You lose your tan, then that becomes more probable, unfortunately. But not going to happen. We're not allowing it. We're manifesting greatness today. Jeremy, Sean, morning, Nick. Dog days of summer clearly here. Yeah, I'm going to be uh, enjoying it. Dog's hopefully okay upstairs. Cristiano, good morning. Good to see you. I hope you're doing well. Uh, he also has a question here. Was camp a couple weeks away. Is Dalton Reisner's stock low enough for to be comfortable coming back at a low, low price as depth? Gosh, you have to think that that bridge is burnt, right? It's such a... Uh, the fact that he's still out there, but that'd be really a tail between the legs kind of tucked back. I mean, I'd welcome him back because there's no such thing as having too much depth. I'd love him to come back and compete at center as well. Uh, if that's something he'd be amenable to, but uh, I'm really concerned about the Broncos interior offensive line depth in general with uh, Luke Wattenberg and Alex Forsyth, like your main guys, maybe Cam Fleming ends up being a really good guard uh, there, but <clears throat> I don't think the interior depth is great. And to bring in Reznor back for cheap would be fine with me. Um, especially if he's going to come in and compete. I think Grubbs is fine, but just get the best three of the interior out there. Maybe that does involve Reisner uh, somewhere, but uh, I don't know. I think he struggled last season. There's a reason he's still out there and uh, hopefully he lands on his feet because he does, despite the whole Brett Rippon sideline incident, uh, does seem like a pretty good guy. So pulling for him. Uh, Zach Powers, morning, morning. Good to see you. We got our guy, Philip Haginson. Good to see you. It says morning, Nick. Good. Good to see you, Phil. Uh, we got Austin said been a while since I've been the pod live. Well, you're here now. Uh, hello, Nick. Hello, Austin. Good to see you. Got a guy, Michael Ronquillo, saying, good morning, Nick. I'm Broncos for breakfast. Go Broncos and buck them. Thank you so much. Uh, Aki Dragon says, Nick, do you have the best secondary among five and 12 teams? Probably. Yeah, probably. I don't even know who is in that list, but uh, you got some pretty darn good players. It's uh, other aspects of the roster that are not so good. Uh, you can't really have just a no-fly zone with nothing else around them. Uh, no-fly zone doesn't take a little less. You have a Von Miller and a Wade Phillips and uh, everything else going on there. Dom Harmios and good morning, Nick and Broncos country. Good to see you, Dom. Tyler watching us coming in here saying that's what's good. Not uh, everything's good. Appreciate you. Happy Thursday. Roy Osborne. Good morning, Nick. Having a breakfast blend of coffee. That sounds good. I can smell it from here. Good to see you, Roy. Appreciate the shout out on Twitter the other day too. Jamal Killings. Hello. Good to see you. Um, Wang Chung says time stand Nick since he's alone. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, appreciate that. Yeah, I am all alone, but appreciate you guys. Click the thumbs up on the way in. Uh, we got Bama X also coming in saying good morning, Nick and Broncos country. And I think we're all cut up in the chat. So that's going to be the show today. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, so we're going to talk a little bit of the Jeremy Fowler list uh, coming in here. And the first one I want to get in here is the uh, the cornerback rankings. So this is uh, best cornerbacks in the NFL ranked by league executives, players, scouts, and coaches 
brought to you by Jeremy Fowler on ESPN. Uh, so shout out to him. And uh, number one overall, number one overall, we have Patrick Sertan the second, which God bless. He should be number one overall. It's great to see him. And uh, in the article uh, written about Patrick Sertan, it says that, uh, com- quote, complete corner, physical, tall, versatile. Uh, one high-ranking high NFL official told Fowler about Sertan. He's a true matchup guy versus the best players. Premium ability on press or off coverage. Outstanding open field tackler. Solid ball skills. Plays with confidence. Really, really smart and plays disciplined Disciplined so he doesn't give anything away. So, Patrick Sertan, number one. It was pretty, uh, pretty funny, I guess, to follow the other day. I don't know if you guys caught it on Twitter and the socials, but like Asante Samuel and Daryl Revis and Sauce Gardner kind of getting at each other yesterday because of the uh, New York hype machine, which if you guys are... As old as me, you definitely remember the New York hype machine bringing up a corner and pushing down another cornerback back about uh, 10 years ago during the uh, Darrell Revis champ Bailey uh, days. Darrell Revis's peak was about as good as any cornerback we've ever seen, but it did not uh, sustain excellence like we saw from champ Bailey. So give me champ all day. Darrell Revis still great though. Don't get me wrong. Uh, so yeah, it's uh, Patrick Sertan, uh, number one, uh, f- ranking out that rest of that list. Uh, pretty good names here. Uh, pretty, I mean, cornerback's a young man's position, so not surprising. Uh, but we have Sauce Gardner coming in number two. Uh, I think those are the number one and number two for most lists last season. Uh, other than, I think the AP poll had Darius Slay as first team all pro um, rather than Sauce Gardner. So Darius Slay also had a great year. The top five here, I don't think you, I can argue. I can argue the order, but not the players in the top five. So number one, Sertan, number two, Gardner, number three, Jalen Ramsey, who has lost a step somewhat, but I think it's going to be pretty darn good. Uh, with the Dolphins this year, with uh, Vic Fangio there. And the Dolphins have a pretty interesting, talented defensive front now as well. I mean, they have three first-round talents on that defensive line, so Ramsey on the back end will be fun as well. Obviously, Chubb is there, but, I mean, their best player on the defensive line is probably Christian Wilkins. He's been phenomenal. <laughs> really underrated player, but Christian Wilkins has been good. And they also have uh, Jalen Phillips, uh, the other edge rusher there. So interesting to see what the Dolphins do this year. They have a fun uh, fun defense. Uh, number four, Jair Alexander for the Packers. Number five, Darius Slay. I maybe would have Darius Slay higher just because he was phenomenal last season, but that doesn't really matter too much. Uh, Marlon Humphrey, six. Marshawn Lattimore, seven. Should I say the teams? You guys let me know. Uh, Marlon uh, Humphreys for the Ravens. Uh, Saints, Marshawn Lattimore, seven. Cowboys, Trevon Diggs, eight. Number nine is the Browns' Denzel Ward. And number 10, AJ Terrell of the Falcons. So we do have some honorable mentions as well. Uh, Xavier Howard for the Dolphins. J.C. Horn for the Panthers, who, if you guys recall, Panthers took him one pick uh, before the Broncos took Patrick Sertan. So J.C. Horn's been good. He's had injury issues uh, more so, but he's been really, really good as well. Uh, The next one on the honorable mentions is Tariq Woolen from the Seahawks. Broncos took Delaire and Turner Yell one pick before Tariq Woolen. I think we were on the live stream screaming to take Tariq Woolen, but uh, that's beside the point. But he looks really good there, an absolute freaky athlete. Not asked to do too much in that scheme, but... Still, I mean, the level of athleticism, what he showed rookie year for a fifth round pick. <laughs> Damn good get for the Seahawks, unfortunately. Especially one pick before the Broncos, or one pick after the Broncos, but whatever. Uh, that Last year's draft class, not looking so good. Uh, Bills, Tredavious White coming in there as well. And then Legereus Sneed um, from the Chiefs. So uh, you guys, let me know what you think about the cornerback uh, rankings there. I do think, uh, I don't sit here and break down every single cornerback in the league, but Patrick Sertan is phenomenal. Obviously, last year he had the slight dip in performance in, what, four, five quarters-ish, where there was that game where the Broncos were just obliterated, beaten to a pulp, smash-hammered 
by the Panthers. That game sucked, and DJ Moore had some got Patrick Sutan a few times. The whole team just looked like absolute butt <laughs> in that game in Charlotte last season. And then also Devontae Adams uh, had a really good game against him as well. So Sertan, what can we do to keep that number one ranking? I think that you hope going forward, uh, you can have a little bit more plays on the football. I think that's the big argument people have for Sauce Gardner over uh, Patrick Sertan is that uh, Sauce had incredible ball production last season. Now, a lot like Sacks, ball production can be pretty volatile year to year. Uh, so I wouldn't expect Sauce Gardner to continue to have that level of ball production, uh, but uh, hopefully Sertan can pick his up a little bit and that hopefully that'll come with just better overall offense on the Broncos side of the ball, forcing t- the opposing team to be a little bit more aggressive and risky uh, with the passing game teams. The last God, eight years have been able to essentially do what we saw in the uh, movie reference here in the water boy in the uh, bourbon bowl, where they essentially are just neat kneeling the football with time left on the clock uh, just to keep the defense at bay. Now that's obviously an exaggeration, but teams have been able to play chicken bleep kind of football uh, because they had such little respect for the Broncos offense that they didn't have to put the ball in harm's way. They could just, you know, take the air out of the ball, so to speak. And eventually that would lead to a win because the Broncos offense was that inept and pathetic and sad and just terrible. Uh, so hopefully it'll be better this season uh, and that will result in more risky plays from opposing teams passing games. And that can result in more uh, ability for certain to make plays in the football. There are a few caveats around that though, uh, specifically on the defensive side of the ball already touched on it today. I might be as low on the defensive line this season as anybody. I do like DJ Jones a good bit. I think he's a solid B player. I think uh, Zach Allen has a, is a B player as well if he can stay healthy. Randy Gregory is a B, B plus if, if he's on the field. But after that, though, I mean, I think Frank Clark's probably a C plus kind of talent at this point. Baron Browning's probably a C, C minus if he can stay healthy. A lot of upside there, but haven't seen it enough yet. Jonathan Cooper's probably for like a your first edge rusher off the bench maybe a C minus to D plus level. I mean, I would prefer him as a four rather than a three, uh, but he's, he's fine. And then the interior defensive line depth is booty. It's not good. Uh, at least what we've seen so far. So that can change. Uh, obviously a lot of these guys are gonna get an opportunity in training camp preseason, but uh, right now the defensive line is not good. And like I said, I think on Tuesday show or Tuesday night show, everybody talks about the no fly zone and having Sertan and uh, the Simmons, you know, you can replicate that no fly zone doesn't exist without Von Miller, right? And, and, uh, Derek Wolf and, uh, Shane Ray and DeMarcus Ware and, um, Leek Jackson and Shaq Barrett. I mean, the waves of the pass rush up front, the no fly zone doesn't exist without them. So you can have good secondary this season for the Broncos, but, and plays on the ball for Satan to keep him at that number one spot. But I don't know if you have the ability to put pressure up front, uh, with the, with the horses you have, I don't see any pure matchup winners up from they're going to have to be schemed pressure this season. So good luck fans, Joseph. We'll see how that works out. Uh, the other thing is other elephant in the room for certain keeping that number one is the cornerback opposite him. When you are as good as certain is teams don't throw at you. Instead, they're going to schematically target, uh, other coverage players in the field, trying to isolate linebackers. Yes, that teams do that a lot. And I think there's probably one linebacker in the entire NFL that you feel okay about in space and coverage. And that's Fred Warner. The other ones, guess what? Every once in a while, tight ends, running backs, slot receivers are going to get matched up against a linebacker and it's going to look ugly, but point to me, the non Fred Warner covered linebackers that exist, please, please find up for me. They don't exist. Um, that's just 
the reality of the NFL and those type of athletes. So uh, teams are going to probably target opposite uh, Sertan a lot. And the big area where this is a, could be a problem is that if uh, Damari Mathis uh, struggles this season, doesn't take a step forward, kind of turns into what we saw his first game last season where he had, what, four pass interferences or something insane. Uh, if Riley Moss isn't the guy, if somebody else doesn't step forward, then Sertan is going to be obviously beneficial to have on the opposite side, but he's just not going to get a lot of chances to make plays in the football because teams are going to target the other cornerback. So cornerback two, probably the most interesting battle uh, in position to watch for me uh, entering training camp and preseason because with Sertan on one side, you got to be able to be good on the other side and really you know clamp things down, force them to go through Sertan from time to time. Uh, but right now, I think teams will try to avoid it. So we'll see how that works out. Uh, let me know what you guys think as well. I'm going to give it a second to uh, comments to breathe as well, just kind of going through the data and talking about it. And uh, let me know, can Sertan stay at number one? Uh, was anybody overlooked here? I probably would have had uh, Tariq Woolen in the top 10 as well, maybe dropping out uh, AJ Terrell. AJ Terrell was not as good last season. Tariq Woolen was pretty darn good. But uh, yeah, Sertan number one, awesome. Uh, really deserving, great pick. And uh Probably the best cornerback in the NFL for the next few seasons. Uh, probably next four seasons. Cornerbacks can fall off a cliff, uh, but he's so technically sound. He's big. He'll he'll be good for a long time. So awesome piece to build around. We got David Bishop in here saying, good morning, Nick. We're all hoping Pookie is ready. Where is Samaji? What is Samaji's game like? Really never watched him. Could he be a Kamara? I don't think he's a Kamara. Uh, he is a not super explosive player, but just solid all around. Um, he's one that I think has not... If you were playing him, uh, if he was on Madden, he wouldn't have very high speed or acceleration, but he'd be like, you know, good, good out of the backfield, good receiver, really good blocker, uh, good contact balance, good vision. He just, you know, I wouldn't say he's a plotter, so to speak. I think he's got a little bit more juice than a pure plotter like we saw from uh, Latavius Murray last season, who just as soon as he got touched, he'd fall forward two yards. <laughs> Absolutely no wiggle uh, to that man's game anymore. But uh, I think he's got a little bit more uh, wiggle and juice, but he's an, just an overall player good across the board you know he's like he's like that guy in in school he gets straight b's <laughs> for samaje so he'll be a good number two um somebody that you can go a number of directions with him i'm just not expecting a lot of juice from him i don't expect the explosives but that's okay when if your offensive line is solid and you can be a well-rounded player uh you can be very very effective and impactful as a running back and i think that's what samaje's game is i like him a lot coming out of oklahoma runs tough too. I really like the toughness that he brings. He's going to play hard. Um, and somebody that, you know, he'll be that hammer against that rock. Uh, hopefully just split it eventually. Um, Jeremy comes in like food. I hate my rankings over sauced. I think sauce at number two is fine. Uh, he was incredible last season and, uh, also seems like a really fun, uh, person as well. So, and a good person. So pulling for him, but, uh, I'll take Sertan right now. Gary Palmer coming in nine 99 saying good morning, Nick. Thanks for the bio. Good stuff. Go Broncos and Buckham. You're welcome. Uh, next, next, uh, if you guys tune in next Tuesday, I'll give you my, uh, what is it? Mother's maiden name, street address I was born on and last four of the socials, right? That'll be, uh, <laughs> the next question here, but for a super, maybe we'll talk. <laughs> Appreciate that coming in here. Uh, we also got, yeah, yelling for woolen. Yeah, that was unfortunate. Hopefully it doesn't turn out as unfortunate as the Broncos taking Jake, Butt before George Kittle, who I saw was a number two ranked tight end, but, uh, what can you do? Uh, we got uh, Roy Osborne saying, I believe it's pretty close. I think he's talking about Sauce versus Sertan. I mean, be happy, be over the moon to have either of them. Uh, Cristiano coming in saying, I thought PS2 and Simmons rankings were spot on. Yeah, they were pretty good. Uh, we'll we'll talk a little bit about Simmons here in just a second. Oh, we got Troy coming in. I guess I don't really 
actually need the headphones, do I? I'm by myself. <laughs> I unplugged it by accident. I'm like, hey, what's going on here? See the headphones? Um, what are the chances Moss starts? Well, now I feel weird. Now I feel naked. Uh, what are the chances Moss starts by the end of the year? I think pretty... There's a good chance uh, that he's starting by the end of the year in some sort of fashion. And the unfortunate reason that you can bake that in is uh, injuries. Somebody is probably going to get hurt. I think there was some optimism uh, that somebody like a Damari Mathis could play some slot as well. I know saying Bassey right now is probably the first guy off the bench for the slot, but if you're trying to get your best four out there, maybe it is Mathis uh, in that uh, slot spot with Moss outside uh, followed by Sertan, but injury could happen. I think there's a good chance we see Moss in a pretty darn uh, solid role by the end of the year, uh, but he's got to show the ability to play in a multitude of coverages. Iowa just kind of played a lot of press and bail keep things in front. It's a reason that he had so many plays on the football because he could have his eyes in the backfield and uh, trigger downhill. Going to be a little bit, probably more reactive and versatile and uh, scheme assignments in the NFL. So it will be fun to follow this season. Moss versus Mathis at that cornerback two spot. Uh, I like them both. I really like them. Bama comes in. It's to be interested in Mathis sliding in a slot corner, having Moss on the outside. Certainly a possibility. Uh, there's also a chance that Moss could maybe you know, play safety as well, or Mathis could play safety. You know, a lot of these guys are being more versatile on their uh, asks in the back end and tackling is at a premium, especially in those quick hitter pass games. Dominique Martin, what's up, Broncos family? Much love to y'all. I'm HH for life. Shout out to Nick. Shout out to you, Dominique. We appreciate you. Hope you're doing well. Uh, we got Keith coming in saying, sorry, late to the show. Good morning. Good to see you, Keith. Thank you so much. Austin H comes in and say, Nick, who is the most overrated and underrated player on the team? This is tough. Um, because you really didn't give me much of a chance to prepare for this one. Um, underrated player. I would probably... Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It might be Josie Jewell just because the conversation around him is pretty unrealistic. Uh, people are wanting, again, just the conversation we talked about earlier. Find me the coverage linebacker outside of Fred Warner. Doesn't exist. Uh, really, I mean, just don't find him out there. And Josie Jules really solid when he's out there. So he, I think he's, he's not amazing by any mean, but people talk about him. Like he's just like horrible and he's not, he's an above average linebacker starter. Um, underrated slash underappreciated. I think what DJ Jones does well, obviously earlier I said he's a B level player, but he's, you need a DJ Jones on your team on the defensive line. So he's very good. Uh, overrated. I don't want to be negative. Um, Overrated player. 
I guess for me, overrated would have to do with guys who we have hyped up that we haven't seen enough yet to really lean on and trust. And somebody like that who would, to me, would be overrated would be Caden Stearns. Now, that's not a shot at Caden Stearns. The flashes are awesome, but he's been hurt. And your best ability is availability. We have not seen it from him. So I think he's a little bit uh, overrated right now, but he could be properly rated. Just, again, I'm a little bit more cautious on waiting and seeing on uh, that front. The other one who I think is a little bit overrated right now, and I'm very, again, another guy who loved the upside, hoping for uh, greatness from him, but right now have a, has a lot to work on. And that is uh, Quinn Miners. Then Quinn Miners, a great run blocker, a really good athlete, you know, has a lot of splash plays, but his pass protection is not great right now. Uh, not great last season. A few little bit olays as the guy goes around him. Um, so those are two guys who I'm hoping, you know, take a step forward and improve some of those things uh, this upcoming season. Still good players. Really like them both. Happy they're on the Broncos, but I feel like the conversation surrounding them from Broncos country is a little bit. Uh, cart before the horse, I guess, so to speak. Uh, underrated also last season, uh, Cam Fleming. Cam Fleming, probably the team's best run blocker last year. Uh, had some deficiencies, got had by Max Crosby a few times, which point to me the tackle that didn't. Uh, and uh, the conversation for him versus Calvin Anderson last season had me feel like I was taking gosh darn crazy pills. I just did not, watching the tape, I just did not understand what people were coming from with that one. But uh, I digress. Uh, Quentin coming in here saying, good morning, everybody. Been busy handling business. Well, make sure you have your business socks on while you're busy handling business. Flight of the Concords reference there if you guys uh, didn't rec recognize that. Um, but uh, fun show, HBO, if you haven't had a chance to watch it. Keith Brugman comes in and says, this secondary could be the best in the league if the defensive line can get pressure on the quarterback. <sighs> if, 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 right? Uh, if Randy Gregory can stay healthy, if Baron Browning can come back, if Frank Clark can play like he did two years ago, if somebody on the interior defensive line can em emerge, if uh, DJ Jones can become, you know, continue being a stalwart, if Zach Allen can show what he did last season and stay healthy, just the ifs on the defensive front are one after the other. Everything breaks. You could talk about a top uh, 12 defensive line. Really, I mean, Randy Gregory's got that talent. Baron Browning has a lot of talent. Frank Clark, a really good. Uh, vet, but just there's just way too many ifs that have to hit for me to feel comfortable comfortable about that unit. So uh, a little bit uh, a little concerning there for me. Um, Lawrence coming in here saying underrated player would be Tim Patrick, over uh, overrated player on the defense, Randy Gregory. I feel like he just can't. Is Randy Gregory rated <laughs> because you can't depend on him? He's not out there. So I, I guess the the flashes are that good. I mean, they really are. He's like if you give me Randy Gregory's top ten plays. You can put him up there with like the top 10 edge rushers in football. Honest to God. I mean, the athleticism and the body type package is unreal, but he's not out there. He's hurt. So yeah, I guess that does make him somewhat overrated because you can't depend on him. Tim Patrick is underrated. Very good player. I feel like he's not underrated by Broncos country, but underrated by the NFL media uh, or yeah, the NFL landscape fan base fan bases as a whole kind of an unknown player, but just solid. You, every team loves to have themselves a Tim Patrick if he's out there. Russ could be both. Yeah, good question. Underrated Jonas Griffith, overrated Russell Wilson. Hate me now. No hate for you, Keith. We appreciate you. Uh, we got Quentin saying, oh, yeah, it's business time. I saw Flight of the Concords live a few times. Um, very, very fun uh, one to see. Oh, Bruce. Bruce with a comment here. Here's underrated. And the fact that I didn't even bring him up shows how underrated he is. Uh, duh. Quan Williams was phenomenal last season. I know he plays a spot that you know, you can pay pennies on the dollar to find good players, but man, his uh, his physicality from the slot was incredible. I'm still 
fuming last season. He what he was ejected or had that personal foul for blocking, pushing through a block into a player on a screen. There was some play where he got a penalty, and it's like this is the most BS I've ever seen in my life for a football play. That one, I'm I'm mad now, Bruce. Thanks, but no, absolutely. Uh, Quan Williams uh, underrated. I don't know about overrated Justin Simmons, but we'll get into that here. Um, coming in here, the we have the uh, defensive or excuse me, the safety rankings here. And uh, we have Justin Simmons falling from number one to number three overall in the rankings from the uh, 10 best safeties from executives, players, coaches, and scouts. Uh, Steelers, Minka Fitzpatrick takes number one. Derwin James takes number two. We have Justin Simmons at number three. Buda Baker at four for the Cardinals. Uh, Javon Holland for the Dolphins at five. Jesse Bates for the Falcons at six. Titans, uh, Kevin Byard. We got Lions, uh, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson at eight. 49ers rookie last season, Talona Hafunga uh, at uh, nine, really fun player. And then uh, Antoine Winfield for the Bucks at 10. Honorable mentions, the Seahawks, Quandre Diggs, who probably should be up there. He's been really good uh, for the Seahawks. Um, Ravens have Marcus Williams, uh, Kyle Duggar for the Patriots, Jordan Poyer at the Bills, Micah Hyde for the Bills, both been really good safeties, uh, Xavier McKinney for the Giants, and Jalen Petrie for the Texans. Also a rookie out there, really, really like Jalen Petrie. Last season, mocked him to the Broncos a good bit, looking for that like dimebacker type uh, slot safety with the ability to come down and play slot. But uh... for the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call. Clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. There's your top 10. And why did Justin Simmons fall a bit? Uh, we have a little bit here um, from uh, ESPN's article, uh, again, from Jeremy Fowler. It's ESPN Plus. And since Scott's not here, I didn't have access to it, but still able to find some stuff. Uh, it says, uh, Quote, Simmons lost his grip on the number one ranking, but is still in the top three for most vote-getters. He's the classic post-safety with range. He has been an Ironman type before 2022, missing zero games the previous four years combined until last season. Uh, and we have a quote here from an exec saying, uh, an assistant coach, excuse me, saying, I saw a little drop-off maybe because of the thigh injury, but he's still an elite player. Coverage skills and football intelligence are very high. I mean, the ability that he had to take the football away last season despite missing games, despite the Broncos having defunct uh, pass rush up front, despite the Broncos having an absolute garbage garbage patch of an excuse of an offense, uh, that was uh, the, the ability to take the football the way he did was really good. Now, is he, you know, the best safety of all time? No, he does have some uh, limits. He's not super duper physical uh, coming downhill. He's not a, you know, wood layer, so to speak. He's also not an absolutely incredible blazing athlete. Uh, but he can do a little bit of everything really well. And the length and intelligence that he plays with is, uh, man, some of the best in the league, in my opinion. So uh, I think Justin Simmons has been a very good player for the Broncos. He's another one who would benefit greatly from having a better offense the opposite side and having better pass rush uh, up front. But uh, really good. I'm, I'm not too upset that he falls from one to three because Minka Fitzpatrick and Derwin James are really, really talented. They also play, they also have the first round pedigree, much more uh, college draft hype uh, than Justin Simmons, who fell to the very end of the third round. I believe it was a third round comp pick. Uh, so Simmons falling to three. 
I get it. I, I would take any of the top three here that are listed. I think they do a good job with that. After that, I think there's clearly a uh, a line uh, between Buda Baker's Devon Holland and Jesse Bates, and then a line again for Bayard, uh, Chauncey Gardner Johnson, Havanga, and Winfield. But uh, top three for Justin Simmons it makes sense. Uh, hopefully, he can continue to take the ball away at a good level this upcoming season and can stay healthy. Uh, but really, really excited to have the Broncos have these two players. They also not only seem to be very talented on the field, but they also uh, very much seem like guys who are mature and faces the franchise, you know, guys who are not out here doing stupid things on and off the field. Uh, so happy to have both those guys dialed in and hopefully for both their sakes, uh, Broncos can field a competent team and play some meaningful December football games this year, because it really just feels like such a freaking waste uh, to have players of that caliber, just, you know, having to sit there on Christmas and, having Patrick star clown your quarterback and getting beat what 59 to the two or whatever the doesn't even matter 50, a, a billion to negative two on uh Christmas on the slime game. So hopefully team can turn around this year and be better for them uh, overall. So let's see who we got in here. We're already at 30 minutes. So we're probably going to start to wrap it on up here. I got a little bit, that's a little bit more sore today. So hopefully uh, it's okay. Unless we got super chats coming in then, I will tough through it. Um, but we got uh, Quentin coming in here saying, I hope everyone is doing okay with all the heat everywhere. Not to get too dark, but I saw what was it? We had like the hottest day in recorded earth history. Now, how far back does that go? Well, I don't need to get on a pedestal here or anything, but uh, we'll see how the uh, next, the years progress. But uh, scary times. I saw also BC had like, some ridiculous amount of wildfires start up this last year from uh or from this last weekend from uh dry lightning so could be a really really smoky hot dark uh summer so hopefully hopefully not but we'll see scary times um without a doubt uh we got michael coming in saying patrick Sertan will mentor riley moss the rookie part of the nfl is Patrick Sertan the mentoring type at this point? I mean, entering year three, is he really the uh, take him under his wing and mentor? I mean, those guys should like be following him and be Sertan's shadow, but I don't want Sertan to be out there, you know, being the veteran that's, you know, spending as much time coaching as he is uh, working on his own craft. I want him to continue to work on his own craft. And you have your own um, really great teeter in uh, Christian Par- tutor, teacher, tutor in Christian Parker, who's probably destined for a defensive coordinator spot next year, but he's one of the best defensive backs coaches in the NFL. Uh, so I don't know if you need other than, you know, watching how he prepares and stuff. I don't know if you need Sertan to do any more than uh, just work on his own game. Uh, but uh, definitely having him as an example is not a bad thing. Brandon Williamson. I think 49 er safety is the fourth with Baker at five. <sighs> Hafanga is awesome, but he is a cover three hole player coming downhill physical that's great uh, in your match quarters era of football that we're in right now. Uh, 49ers played a lot of cover three last season. Um, a lot of buzz cover three too, but uh, he is, he has a very specific role. Like comparing him to Kevin Byard is like comparing two different positions completely. So Afonga is really good, but I wouldn't rank him as high because I feel like his niche is very specific and limited. Um, he would not fit in every defense. Um, well, he would, because players who are smart, instinctual, and physical fit any defense. But he had limitations if you were asking him to play much more split safety fields. He's better coming downhill and playing in the box, uh, being physical in that way. Um, we also have Austin come in and say, Nick, you like this. Underrated is Jordan Walker. Oh, talking about the Cardinals. Sorry, go Reds. Cardinals did have a good first rounder, though. Cardinals stink right now. I don't even... What, what is the Cardinals? Don't pay attention to that. Oop, 
don't pay attention to the hats behind me. We'll block that one, block that one out. Um, but uh, not great. Jeremy comes in and says, uh, Simmons is good, but he's only one of the Broncos rated elite. Also talks about him uh, getting burnt a lot. Um, he doesn't have a physical tackle, but he does do a pretty good job uh, coming down and filling the gaps. That's a lot. Safety is a lot of times you just got to be in the right spot and uh, not get burnt. The, when you come in an alley and you miss, it's a low light, but every team has those <laughs> from the safeties. So uh, excited to see what uh, Simmons can do this year. We've got Lawrence Rivera coming in. I believe these are stars. Don't have Scott here on the Facebook side running at the same time. So I'm just going to assume. Thank you for support, Lawrence. We also got Michael Ronquillo saying great show today, Nick. On Broncos for breakfast, go Broncos in Buckham. Appreciate you so much. Uh, guys, we're at 36 minutes. I think I'm going to have to start to wrap it on up here. It's, it's dog days of summer. And uh, again, my uh, voice is starting to get a little bit. <clears throat> so uh, appreciate everybody coming in. If you uh, are curious, you know, tell me where you guys would rank uh, these players as well. Hit me up on Twitter at Nick Kendall MHH. Uh, let me know also if you think these, honestly, honestly, these are probably going to be the only Broncos players that are ranked in the top 10. Is there anybody else who'd be worth it? I mean, it's going through the list in my head right now. If Javonson Williams didn't get it hurt, maybe there'd be a uh, discussion for him in the, the running back spot, but right now you can't do that. Definitely not Russell Wilson after last season. He won't be there. None of the wide receivers. Definitely none of the offensive linemen. Uh, unless they go like best, maybe, maybe you'd see a chance to have a uh, powers ranked in the top guards. Uh, but other than that, I don't see it. So, uh, woof, that's not great. That's one of the reasons the Broncos have been uh, so poor here. Um, but I digress. Uh, I don't think McGlinchey would be in there in the top tackles. Cause they'd probably, if you're looking top 10, right tackles <laughs> maybe, but I don't think they would do that. I do think powers could make it in the top 10 guards though. So uh, that's one that maybe would make it as well. Uh, but, uh, we'll see. Maybe, uh, maybe we could have, oh gosh, his name's escaping me right now. The punter Broncos punter who they just brought in. I keep thinking, uh, Riley Dixon, maybe he's a top 10 punter. Uh, but other than that is a good one. Zach Allen underrated. The thing about Zach Allen is that he could be underrated, but he has, he's living off one season right now where he was very good and he's had a lot of injuries. So, or missed a lot of time for a first contract player when he was with the Cardinals missed a good amount of time with injury. So he could blow up the season and totally change the perspective on the Broncos defensive line and the ability to get after the quarterback with his versatility inside outside ability. But right now he's just got to play healthy. So going to be interesting to watch and uh, see what he looks like. Um, and Cushionberry number one of the worst centers in the league. Hopefully he'll be better this year, uh, surrounded by more uh, anchoring ability um, with uh, powers next to him and an improvement from minors at right guard in the pass blocking department. Uh, but Cushionberry has struggled, so hopefully he can do a better job. Just anchoring, man. Just don't get blown up and pushed back into the quarterback's lap immediately, especially, you know, you're going to get teams know Cushionberry is a liability in terms of the ability to drop the anchor. So I think a lot of teams are going to use stunts and twists and delayed blitzes and try to get defensive tackles one-on-one -on -one with Cushionberry. A lot of times, you know, people talk about the center position and being a uh, a double team position, so you don't have to worry about that as much. But if you are as bad at anchoring as Cushionberry is, teams are going to, especially on money downs, uh, try to get it where Cushionberry is lined up against a specific uh, defensive tackle and isolating him where a linebacker or an edge or safety or somebody comes down and peels away a guard. So Cushionberry is in a one-on-one -on -one versus a much stronger uh, defensive tackle and just probably getting push back into the quarterback's lap. 
but we'll see. Maybe it's better this year. Um, especially with you have powers next time is three thirty at guard. So it should make a difference compared to Reisner who was good pass protector, but very finesse. Um, so a little bit more power, a little bit more meat up front without a doubt, but guys, that's going to do it uh, for us today. We appreciate everybody coming in and dop- dropping the super chats. I saw David Carmelo, uh, Troy Bauer, Gary Palmer. We appreciate you coming in here. Uh, Lawrence Rivera, uh, obviously Michael Ronquillo as well. Appreciate everybody coming in. Make sure you're following me on Twitter. I'm at Nick Kendall, MHH. Also follow us at uh, BFB underscore pod, as well as at Mile High Huddle. If you haven't done so yet, join us at facebook.com forward slash Mile High Huddle and facebook.com forward slash Mile High Huddle pod. And as the ticker says here underneath, please subscribe, like, and share over on YouTube. If you haven't done so yet, please click a thumbs up on the way out. We'd really appreciate that. I know it's the dog days of summer. Uh, these sh- shows will definitely pick up more as the, uh, the season gets closer as we got more information coming in, but we're still here hanging out and uh, we appreciate everybody coming in and hanging out as well. Uh, if you guys have anything for me, hit me up on Twitter. Like I said, at Nick Kendall MHH, we appreciate you. Have a great rest of your day. Have a great weekend. Uh, continue to choose kindness and compassion. And as always go Broncos. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about, but why, what do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.